You're listening to a special podcast produced by UMFM 101.5 in partnership with the Winnipeg Folk Festival. Running Thursday, July 6th through Sunday, July 9th at Picturesque Birds Hill Park, Winnipeg Folk Festival is a celebration of people and music that has been one of North America's premier outdoor music festivals for over 40 years. I'm Michael Alves, host of Thank God It's Free Range, and this episode spotlights Lowdown Brass Band. While drawing on the influences of New Orleans brass bands, Chicago-based lowdown brass band blend the sonic elements of their hometown and the group membership. Lowdown brass band will be performing at 7 p.m. on Thursday, July 6th at Big Blue at night. For the full lineup, a complete list of set times to purchase tickets, and for more information on the Winnipeg Folk Festival, visit winnipegfolkfestival.ca. Coming to Birds Hill Park to play the Winnipeg Folk Festival. Lowdown Brass Band. I've got Anthony and Shane from the band on the line. How are you guys doing? Doing great. Fantastic. Thanks for having us. Happy to have you on. Uh, so this is, we'd like to introduce festival goers to some some upcoming acts that are they're going to be out at Birds Hill and, and kind of give them the lowdown on these acts. And so I, I want to start with kind of like the formation of the group. How did you guys all come together? And what was it that, that drew you together to make the, the type of music that you guys make? Um, yeah, well, the band's been together for a while now, and I'd say in the form uh, that it is right now, for probably for about seven or eight years. Um, we've gone through a lot of uh, changes in the sound. Um, when we first started out, it was kind of more paying homage to like the brass bands of New Orleans and uh, the brass band giants like Rebirth and and um, Dirty Dozen groups like that and then over time we just you know know, realized hey we're from chicago we have a unique um perspective on music and uh all kinds of genres living in the in the the city that we live in 
And all of a sudden, you just started to hear that come out in our sound. Um, it's totally a Chicago thing. It's uh, a little mixture of everything, and uh, it's just a ton of fun to see live. So that that pivot towards the Chicago sound or the incorporation was that was that a conscious decision? Did you guys say like after like making music initially and you know paying homage to New Orleans that we need we need to kind of reflect our surroundings? I feel like it came out of just growing as an artist. And we learned a lot by being on the road and touring and what a crowd expected from us or the limits that we could push. And it kind of just evolved, you know, organically. And it wasn't it wasn't ever a conscious decision. It just we we were learning. We were becoming, you know, finding ourselves as artists individually and as a group. And, and it just, you know, it just keeps going to this day. And we're always trying to find new ways and new sounds and how you can define a brass band because, you know, with a brass band, people define it as, you know, rebirth, dirty dozen, marching, things like that, second line. And But our goal at Lowdown is to see how far we can push the boundaries of what a brass band can be. Anthony, you mentioned, you know, that coming out of playing live, like, was it kind of like gathering the energy from the crowd and seeing like, oh, if we incorporate this, people are responding or was it more like internal? Uh, it was a little bit of both, you know what I mean? You you definitely take note of the reactions you get when you play certain things, but also it came from, you know, reflecting upon what we did after a show, just hanging out and being like, oh, well, we could do this, we could do that better. So it's kind of a little bit of both, you know, you, you take, you have to use both to like really find the sweet spot of what you do. Shane, you'd mentioned about, you know, incorporating that Chicago sound, reflecting where you're from. Like I'm, I'm familiar. Like I, I had Greg Spiro on to talk about the the Chicago experiment that Rope Dope put out in terms of the jazz and international anthem, a great jazz label with Micaiah McCraven, you know, doing some very interesting things in Chicago. What what sounds do you define as the Chicago that you guys are incorporating? Well, I think it has to do with really how many different kinds of genres that Chicago has. Um, being a, a all horn band. Uh, the members of this group have played in all kinds of different bands, any kind of band that you have that's playing out on the scene. Um, even if they don't have horns in their band originally, they'll be doing a special project. They want to add horns. And because of that, we, we are an all horn band. And so everybody in this band has played in R and B bands, gospel groups, jazz groups, um, uh, hip hop, R and B, salsa, um, Reggae. Uh, reggae, yeah. Uh, and and we ha have some of the best horn players in the city in the band, and they've literally played in all these different kinds of bands. And like we were talking about how the sound changed, is when, when we were growing as artists and as people, it's like you can't um, help the fact that like having all those genres inside of you um, starts to come out in your writing if you're being authentic. And like Bill was saying, we're always searching how to be more and more authentic to ourselves, uh, what we do, and how we can deliver that to the audience. What's the writing process like for you guys? Like, do does one of you come with like a line, or like, uh, you know, what? Like, do you guys just get together and jam and kind of figure out, oh, this is what's cooking? Like, what's what's that process? Yeah, it depends on the song. I mean, they're all a little bit different. Um, sometimes uh, somebody might just have a drum beat. And then, like, pass it to the next guy who will add harmonies and horn lines and then add the lyrics on top of all that. Sometimes some uh, person may come in with a more thought-out sketch 
where all that stuff is already incorporated and the only thing that needs to be added is um, like a vocal melody and uh, the, the um, poetry and the hip hop. And so it really just depends on the song. Lately, I feel like a lot of it has been um, starting with, with Billa and I actually, um, like for example, he might send me a drum beat that he made and then I might add some melody on top of that or a bass line and kind of start to build it up and layer it up, add on the, the horns. Um, and then sometimes we might get to a certain point where we pass it off to another uh, member of the uh, group to write some horn lines or add some uh, keyboard layers. Everybody in the band is really talented. Do you give each other the freedom to, like, if, if you pass it off, you're not giving dictation as to like what what you're expecting like are you allowing each other the space to kind of come up with what you want to come up with yeah you definitely gotta allow them to have their creative freedom but at the same time you know you don't you don't necessarily give them a direction at first but once it's once it comes once it's been sent back we'll definitely like critique it and see if we can do it better or you know, if there's something, a whole nother idea we want to go with. And a lot of that actually happens in the studio, in the in the mixing and mastering process. So we kind of just let everybody do their thing. And then when we get it to the final stage, we just kind of like really dissect it, dissect it and see what needs to be there and what does it, you know, and just kind of go through it with a fine comb, fine comb, you know. Do you treat the studio as its own instrument then? Uh, absolutely. I think that's one of the things that the group has gotten better at is, um, we had had a great stage live show for years and years and years. And uh, we weren't as happy with our studio sound as we would have liked to have been. And so over the last few albums, I feel like we've really learned how to use the studio as its own instrument to really create um, what we want to deliver to the listener. So then with that in mind, do you guys give thought to the fact that like, okay, the, the recorded version, it's going to be its own thing how we recreate it on stage doesn't necessarily have to be note for note or like a copy paste replica. It, it can be the song structure can breathe in a different way on a stage. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's one of the great things about the evolution of where the band came from is that we still have those um, roots, those jazz roots, those improvisational roots where things can happen well, where things do happen differently uh, on any given night, whether we, we play the same song a hundred times, it's going to be different a hundred times. You know, sometimes things happen on the road when somebody's in the middle of taking a solo and we do like a group thing that we've improvised and that may become part of the song. Songs change over time. Um, that's one of the great things about being a band that tours a lot is that we just learn a lot about each other, what to expect from each other on any given night how to surprise each other on any given night. And that's the beauty of touring. Speaking of surprises, I mean, I know, you know, my recollection of like Rebirth, they would do some like hip hop covers and stuff like that and, and incorporate stuff that wasn't, you know, traditionally what we thought of as like second line brass band stuff. Do you guys like blend covers into to your sets? Like, is that something that you give thought to and like surprising an audience with like something they, they didn't expect as, as a brass band version? Definitely. I mean, we don't do as many covers as we used to, maybe, but definitely we have a couple of hidden gems in there that always get the crowd going. And we're we're not opposed to, to covers. We just want to make sure we curate our sound before we, you know, I, I hate to say it, like just fall back on the cover. You know what I mean? Because we want to we want our songs to be somebody else's cover. 
you know? So, but we definitely do have some gems in there that like just automatically do the trick. So then as, as a music listener, do you ever hear something and think like, okay, this is something I want to, I want to tackle. I want us to like put the low down spin on. Totally. Oh yeah. Yeah, that, that stuff happens all the time. You know, we hear a song and we'll we'll get to talking after a show or, uh, you know, on the bus. And we're just like, hey, uh, this would be a great thing to play live. Or even if we just do, you know, the first like section of it live. Um, we're always thinking about how to, you know, make our live show more of a party and more of a fun atmosphere for the listener. Now, you're going to be playing the Folk Fest. I'm curious, like what kind of experiences you guys have festival wise and like have you done like workshop festivals like where like you know you're you're on stage with some some other acts and you're and you're, you're sharing songs and sharing the stage is that something that you guys have experienced in the past yeah i mean we've kind of done everything <laughs> we've done workshops clinics collaborations i mean big festivals small festivals sm big rooms small rooms so i mean we're pretty versatile the range of gigs that we get is pretty is is, is still pretty wide which I, I personally love because it always keeps you in shape for every type of situation. So, I mean, we, we run the gamut, you know? Yeah. I have to imagine having a background in jazz certainly helps in terms of, you know, the, the chops to like handle most situations and, and, and settings, right? Like that you, you can work your way in cause you're listening to the other players regardless of who those players are. Yeah. I mean, just, you know, just knowing how to be on your horn knowing who you are in your horn, um, knowing how to listen. Uh, I mean, the group's even been in situations. We were in a situation once in Alaska. We were a part of this thing called Parlor in the Round where people wrote down something on a card and you literally had to make up a song on the spot live on stage <laughs> about their um, whatever they wrote on their card. So we've been in the craziest situation you, you could possibly imagine and uh, that's the great thing about this group. Everybody is so talented and also just such a fun, loving, open person that, you know, nobody ever gets been out of shape about doing anything um, that might seem out of their comfort zone. And, uh, you know, beautiful things happen because of that. So when you say comfort zone, like generally everyone's kind of willing to go to the same place sonically or creatively, like there's there's no kind of like friction about like incorporating certain sounds or anything like that then? Well, I mean, well, if you, <laughs> it depends on what you mean. Do you mean live on stage while we're, while everybody's improvising, or do you mean in the studio? I mean, creatively, so like probably like in in the songwriting phase, even like has anyone kind of come with like some idea yeah. that was just too wild for the rest of you? Well, not not an idea that was too wild, but definitely when we made the transition into more of a modern sound, there was definitely some pushback, and we definitely lost a couple guys because of it. You know. And everybody wasn't, everybody didn't necessarily see the vision and it definitely caused some friction. So yes, maybe not too wild, but definitely some pushback on, you know, where the sound was going and how comfortable they were with it. Sure. So I'm curious in terms of like how active of like contemporary listeners are you in terms of music? And like, does, do you find that that seeps into like your own creativity? Like, do you, do you find whether it's listening to like, really new records or you know if you're crate digging if you're finding something you've never heard before does that like seep into your songwriting at all i mean well yeah i mean I, me and billa both i mean i don't want to speak for him but i know that we are both like uh, just large consumers of music we 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 listen to any 
kind of genre of music um, from Drake on pop radio, you know, to like Fela Kuti, you know, we're, we're always absorbing, always looking for something that we love. I would say for this band, a lot of what we do is usually incorporated in the dance. You know, it's at this point we've become like pretty much a dance band. It's a party band. Um, our songs have great substance uh, lyrically and sonically, but the goal is to get in your body and, and get it moving. So that's the the kind of foundation is like this. This has to kind of like get people get people up, get people moving, and and what you say lyrically or message wise is is kind of secondary to that. Well, no, the, not, sorry, Shane. Go ahead. No, I was I was just gonna say that the lyrics aren't preachy. They're, they they fall right into the groove of the song. So while the lyrics have substance, you know, you're still moving your body and it's not overly preachy, you know, and and we're still in the tradition of, you know, what a brass band is like. There's joy and fun and things like that to a brass band. So it's like we're, we're not losing that. That's always going to be kind of the foundation is like joy and like celebration. But, you know, at the same time, you can still you can still put something of meaning in there at the same time without feeling that it's preachy or overbearing you know right and you mentioned you know Fela Kuti like that they were they were protest songs but they were very danceable protest songs absolutely I mean that's a perfect example like you know I mean those lyrics were super powerful and point uh you know pointed and and but at the same time it was about the spirituality that comes with in the dance when everybody's dancing together there's a beauty a beautiful energy that absorbs whatever those lyrics are trying to to get you to understand and i feel like this band does a great job of having a little bit of the heavy and a and enough of the light to keep everybody like in this nice um, groove and this nice energetic space so apart from the folk fest what's on the horizon for the lowdown brass band what like what's your your mid midterm calendar looking like for you guys it's good we got a full calendar and um looking forward to getting back out there and sharing the music with everybody what's the best way to keep tabs on the lowdown brass band like are you guys heavy uh instagram users you what, what's what's your social media of choice yeah i would say connect with us on instagram or facebook those are pretty much the two main social media platforms that we use and that'd be the easiest way to get in contact with us. So you can check out the website also for tour dates and everything like that, you know? Now, before I let you guys go, I always get the artists to pick a track from their uh, catalog that we can play for us. So since there's two of you, we'll, we'll get you to each pick one. If you have a reason why you're picking that track in particular, or an anecdote about the song, I'd love to hear that. Well, um, um, you, know, you can play our re most recent release, our most recent single that just came out in February. It's called Call Me. It's the first single off of our um, upcoming album called Citizens of the World. Um, we're going to put out a couple more singles, so we don't really have a release date for the album yet, but it should come out uh, probably around fall and winter. Um, and it's just a great uh, danceable cut, kind of got disco, uh, funky vibes, great horn lines, strings, and it's just a good tune. And then my pick would be a song called Truth which is off our album, The Re the Real Sessions. And uh, it's basically about, you know, never giving up and picking yourself up off the ground once you fall down. And the video kind of mirrors that message. So it's one of my favorites. Right on. Well, we'll play both of those. 
uh, get people hyped for the Lowdown Brass Band at the Birds Hill Park Winnipeg Folk Festival. Guys, thanks very much for taking some time and uh, looking forward to seeing you here in Winnipeg. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, we appreciate it. Thank you so much. It's a cruel, cruel world being out there in the streets and you have to Without a wild gimmick, hang around in the game a while and put some miles in it. No limits, it's him. Quick hit it, jump in, be glad you did it. Crack a smile as we clown with it. Spin it, begin our night, we grinning. The done daughter, no baby girls, just women. And we still swimming. Our time is always so rented. Don't keep score, just keep going till we're finished. We're never done. To the drum beat, one night, two peak, Wall Street. Trust me, it's all business. This our moments of the time, reacquainted here. Related first sight, it didn't take a year. This we demonstrate, this song commemorate. Call, cause you're coming through. Otherwise, let them hate. Cruel, cruel world when you're out there in the streets and you have to walk them all alone. There's a cold, cold wind that keeps blowing.
Jai acquired. Took some stumbles along the way. Got back up, I'm still inspired. It Honestly, I had to risk my life just to get this far. I'm Michael Elves, and you've been listening to a special podcast spotlighting the Lowdown Brass Band. We'll be performing on Thursday, July 6th at 7 p.m. at Big Blue at night at the Winnipeg Folk Festival. To hear more featured artists, visit umfm.com, and be sure to visit winnipegfolkfestival.ca to get tickets to this great event running July 6th through 9th at Birds Hill Park. Like blue, hear me, when all you got left is you, you got left